Hey, this is Mark with A Present Word, where scripture is shared with insightful and practical applications for you today. Matthew chapter 24, verse 1. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the building of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Surely I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom will rise against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginnings of sorrows." Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 20, the story of the parable of the sower. But he received the seed on stony places. This is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. Why? Well, it says when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word. So the Lord's letting us know it's because of his word, the word of God, they stumble. And we see today many are stumbling. You know, the Bible is now considered hate speech. So what is Jesus warning us about? He says, take heed that no one deceives you. It's the first thing on his list in Matthew 24. Well, how will that happen? False prophets will rise up and deceive many. See, lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. Why? Because of the tribulation and persecution is arising because of the word. See, the word is causing many people today to be offended. He says many will be offended. They will betray one another and they will hate one another. We're seeing this happen today. We see nation rise against nation. You just watch the news, you know, the headlines, and we see the terrible things, the darkness, the confusion, the chaos going on in the nations. But I believe when Jesus refers to the kingdom will rise against the kingdom, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven and then the kingdom of darkness. They're at war with each other. Well, how is all this going to happen? Well, I would like to suggest that it's going to come through what I call the satanic trinity. We know we have the godly trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but there's also a satanic trinity. We find this in Revelation chapter 16, verse 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons 
performing signs which go out to the rulers and the leaders all over the world. See, these are unclean spirits. He's likening them to frogs. So the satanic trinity we see in this verse, it's the dragon, it's the beast, and it's the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the rulers and leaders all over the world. Well, where are these rulers and leaders? Well, we know that many are in the world, the nations rising against nation, we can see that. But I'm presenting that it's also in the church. It's in both. See, Jesus said, take heed that no one deceives you. Jesus was speaking this to his disciples. He's saying, many will come in my name and will deceive many. The emphasis here, I believe, is on many. He's letting us know this is going to happen. They're going to come in my name. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, John writes, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. You know, John really, he's repeating what Jesus had told him and the other disciples in Matthew chapter 24, verse 11, about the false prophets have gone out into the world. Mark writes in chapter 13, verse 22, For false Christs and false prophets will arise and show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. How are these false prophets going to, if possible, deceive the elect? I believe it's working today. It's working by weakening the church, or in other words, to destabilize the church. These false prophets, these false leaders, they want to upset the stability of the church and cause unrest in the body of Christ. Why? Because if they can bring doubt into our relationship with Christ, they're successful. See, he wants to undermine, weaken, damage, subvert, or unsettle us believers. He wants to disrupt, wreck, and ruin the faith of many. He wants the church to turn against itself. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, But there were also false prophets among the people, speaking in the Old Testament, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. Well, what's this destructive heresies? It's really denying the Lord of his true identity, denying the Lord of his, of who he really is as the Son of God, as the Savior of the world. Second Peter 2.18, For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. So these are those who have actually escaped. Well, who are these deceptive false teachers? I believe that they're worldly leaders in our churches that are bringing the world into the church to destabilize and corrupt it and defile it. An example of that is the same way Balaam taught Balak how to get God to turn against his people by defiling them through the Midianites, the, the lust of this world, where they speak great swelling words of emptiness they lure through the lust of the flesh. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 18, speaking of the worshiping of angels, let no one cheat you of your reward. This is Paul writing, taking delight in false humility, 
and the worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He said, you will know them by their fruits. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Well, in Galatians 2.4, Paul was writing about false brethren who had secretly were brought in. They came in by stealth to spy out their liberty, which they had in Christ, that they might be brought back into bondage. The same way Peter was talking about these other false teachers who were speaking great swelling words to those who had actually escaped from error that they were trying to bring them back in. Why? Because they have to deny the Lord his true identity, who he really, really is. Well, false prophets in sheep's clothing, you know, it's just, it's false brethren that Paul wrote in Galatians. They've, they've snuck in. They're false Christians. See, they're inwardly wolves or they're sons of the evil one. Outwardly, they're presenting themselves as Christians. But the Lord said, remember, you'll know them by their fruits, or I'm adding by their roots. See, the root bears the fruit. The root is inwardly. The root is not externally. So the challenge for us today is that we see what we're seeing on the surface of things, but we need to be able to discern and perceive in the spirit the root. Hosea 4, 6 out of the Amplified, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge of my law where I reveal my will because your leaders have rejected knowledge. I believe in Christian more than ever today. Salvation is offered to people in many of our meetings under a false pretense. So they say, just say this prayer. People repeat the prayer, now you're saved, without explaining to them what they're really doing and who they're doing it with. They're doing it with God the Father. But Jesus said in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 65, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father. A popular message today is, well, Jesus went to the cross for you. You don't have to do anything. It's all been done for you. See, he will follow you around. He will bless your selfish lifestyle. You are the center of his universe. The gospel used to be about him. Now it's all about us. It used to be you need to take up your cross and follow him but they flipped it. Now he's done it all and he's going to, you know, he's going to bless your life. He's going to follow you around and answer all of your prayers. Now, I know that there's what we call the honeymoon period when somebody first comes to Christ and is genuinely saved that the Lord is very lavishing pouring himself out upon us. We're babies and you know, we have to transition, you know, from babies, you know, we have to grow up into adolescence and then into adults spiritually. So yeah, it is a lot about us when we first get saved. I'm not denying that fact because we have to learn about the Lord. We have to know who he is and what we've been born into. But today we're hearing all the time, God has a plan for your life. But the truth is, God wants us to come into cooperation with his plan, what he's doing. See, it's not that he's going to come into what we're doing and our plan for our life. See, Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
God's plan for your life and my life started 2,000 years ago when he sent his son, and that hasn't changed, and that will not change. I suggest that many who are attending church today are not genuinely born from above. Not that they don't believe that Jesus exists or he went to the cross and died, but it hasn't become a personal and inward root working where the Holy Spirit is transforming their lives. See, they're living in an external, outward religious experience, and this is false. It's not life transforming. That's why many in our churches today, many people who profess to be Christians, and I'm not setting myself up as the judge of this. I'm just presenting what I'm seeing. The Lord knows those who are his, but many of these remain unchanged. What should be happening is you're a new creation and all things have become new. It has to come from an internal root source. The planting of the Holy Spirit will begin to weed out and uproot all of the carnal, selfish nature that we have. I understand it's a process, but when you don't see that process happening, we cannot be naive. We have to consider the alternative. I believe, personally, Satan is hiding in plain sight. Where is that? He's hiding in the church. See, he's come into the church. We know he's in the world. We watch the news. We see nation against nation. But this kingdom against kingdom, the enemy, yes, he's working outside in, but he's inside also. He's inside the church. That's his ultimate objective, is to destroy the true church of Christ and defile it. Defile it right from within. And he's using false leaders, deceived leaders, to accomplish this. Well, how is that happening? I believe in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, it tells us, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, but you still need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. You have come to need milk and not solid food, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. What Paul is pointing out here is very, very important. If we remain babes, we will not have the discernment to discern those who are of God and those who aren't. We can't discern good from evil. Our spiritual senses have not been exercised. Yes, our, our five senses, those play a part, but the more important part is the internal sensing of the Holy Spirit within us. If we haven't, we haven't grown and exercised these senses, we remain babes or we have no discernment. We are like the blind walking around blinded. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, they, having a form of godliness but denying its power, Paul tells Timothy, from such people turn away, for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, I would add men as well, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, these are the babes that, you know, Paul's writing about milk only, no solid food. They're always learning. They repeat the first principles that we just read in Hebrews. 
but they just never come into any understanding of knowledge of truth. My people are perishing for lack of knowledge. Well, getting back to the satanic trinity, we can see their end is in Revelation 19.20. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, say, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. And then in Revelation 20.10, finally, the devil who deceived them, right, the people, but basically uh, through the beast and the false prophet, he also was cast into the lake of fire of brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Well, hallelujah for that. But the big question is, what will our end be? We know their end, but what, what's going to happen with us? Each one of us is responsible for our own life in Christ. We can't blame somebody else if we stand at the judgment seat of Christ and point fingers. We can't blame a false prophet or a deceived leader if we ourselves become deceived. Jesus told us in advance in Matthew chapter 24 what the signs of the times would be. May each of us hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You have endured to the end. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Revelation chapter 3 verse 6, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I hope this message was helpful to you today. If you would like to be notified of future podcasts, click the follow button. If you're on Google, click subscribe. This is a free podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. If you would like to donate, click the PayPal link in the podcast. If you're on our website, click the heart button. To contact me, my email is apresentword at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.